It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast brought to you today by MacWeldon.com. Mac Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. Mac Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. Promo code Locked On gets you 20% at MacWeldon.com. M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N. I am Bill Rossetti. Welcome back, everybody. Glad to have you back with us here as we're rolling along. It is Tuesday. We are inching ever so closer to the start of the regular season. Just five days away. Can you believe it? We are just five days, two days from the start of the season between the Bears and Packers. Uh, so a couple things we'll talk about here. We'll touch on the last two practice squad spots. We talked about the eight that were initially announced on Sunday on the practice squad. And the Panthers did fill the final two spots on on the practice squad yesterday. And we'll get into that. And we'll also talk about Marty Herney's uh, kind of post-cut um, post-cut press conference. Uh, so we'll kind of talk about some of the things he talked about and go from there. And then remember, tomorrow we will have the crossover episode. Brad Motter and myself will get together to bring you talk and give you a good preview of Sunday's Panthers-Rams battle. So let's jump into it and talk about the two practice squads, uh, the two final practice squad players by the Panthers. One is not a surprise. It's, it's a guy we kind of figured would have a good shot to come back on the practice squad had he cleared waivers, and that's exactly what happened, and that was indeed Elijah Holyfield. So really, really good for the Panthers that Holyfield was able to clear waivers. Um, you know, obviously he had a really good preseason, and he was initially on the 53-man, so they, they obviously really liked him. And you kind of thought maybe there was a chance uh, another team was going to scoop him up because of, you know, he showed he can bring bring a little bit to, to the table. But uh, he did go unclaimed, so the Panthers were able to stash him on the practice squad. So at least it effect, effectively gives the Panthers four running backs again, or still gives the Panthers four running backs now that they have Holyfield. Holyfield, of course, just won't be active on game days. He, he won't be part of the 53. But, it, of course, at any time he could be called up to the main roster. But really good to see uh, Elijah Holyfield back with the Panthers. So that left one spot left on the Panthers' practice squad, and they decide to dip back into the offensive line, and they go with Brad Lundblade, who spent all of last season on the Cincinnati Bengals' practice squad. He, he was a three-year starter at Oklahoma State and originally signed with the Seattle Seahawks as an undrafted free agent in 2018 and, of course, eventually landed on the Bengals' practice squad and, again, like I said, spent all of 2018 there. Now he's on the Panthers' practice squad. So at least it gives the Panthers an extra offensive lineman to, to work with. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, so he he's the final member of the Panthers' practice squad. So just to recap, so the full practice squad now 
for the Carolina Panthers. Center, Brad Lundblade. Running back, Elijah Holyfield. Defensive end, Brian Cox. Defensive back, Cole Luke. Tight end, Tamaric Hemingway. Guard, Richard Cook. Linebacker, Sion Teohima. And I, I could be saying his name wrong. I apologize if I am. Uh, safety, Quinn Blanding. Wide receiver, DeAndre White. And defensive tackle, Bijan Jackson. So, one thing that does kind of stick out to me with the practice squad is this means they did not bring back Terry Godwin on the practice squad. And in a sense, it's a little surprising because we've spent how, how long now, you know, the last couple of weeks, kind of touting Terry Godwin a little bit, you know, kind of praising him a little bit for doing well as the punt returner and kind of thinking he had the job on lockdown pretty much, you know, at, at least I th I thought so, and I'm, I'm sure that opinion was felt by other people, but I know at least for me, I was pretty surprised that Terry, Co Terry Godwin got cut after, you know, thinking he was going to be the return guy, but obviously the Panthers kind of had their eyes on other players, namely Ray Ray McLeod and Brandon Zilstra, so it, so and it sounds like both of those guys are going to be in the mix, especially McLeod, actually, the way... Uh, the way they were talking. We'll get into that again with Herney. Uh, but it sounds like McLeod is definitely going to get an opportunity to really jump in there as the punt returner. Um, but again, Terry Godwin did not did not get brought back. The only receiver on the, the practice squad is DeAndre White. But White had himself a pretty good preseason as well. So he's definitely a guy I'm, I'm sure the Panthers are excited to still have and develop and work with, and, you know, obviously, you got some a bunch of good players here on the practice squad, and it's like I said in the past, there were a lot of good, talented players on this, uh, really, on the, the whole preseason roster, if you go kind of up and down the 90-man roster, so there was a lot of good players that the Panthers were going to cut, but fortunately, they were able to get some of these guys back, you know, like Holyfield, like Luke, like Hemingway, like uh, White and Jackson, they are pretty high on all of them, obviously, Still some players that you just didn't have the room for in your practice squad that may have ended up elsewhere. Uh, two in particular, you know, one wasn't with the Panthers this year or even last year, but uh, David Mayo was actually just signed by the Giants. And, um, you know, I, I just bring that up because I actually got a chance to uh, to chat with, uh, with Patricia Traina of the Lockdown Giants podcast because the Giants picked up a couple of former Panthers. So we talked about Mayo, and we talked about Corn Elder, who signed with their practice squad. So I'm excited for Corn Elder to have gotten a chance to bounce back and land with another team's practice squad. You know, obviously, obviously there just wasn't the room for Elder, and uh, clearly, you know, it even seems like, um, unless, you know, I'd have to go back and look. I don't even know if, uh, well, obviously he had practice practice squad eligibility, I guess it's just a matter of they just liked Luke a little bit more now that Luke is on the practice squad and Elder is not. But I'm excited for Elder. You know, I still think he can contribute to a team. Um, he just kind of just has to stay healthy and just stay consistent. So we'll see what he can do for the Giants. But overall, a lot of good players on this, uh, on the Panthers practice squad. So you have to feel pretty good about the Panthers roster going into this season. Obviously, it's going to be a tough road. A lot of tough teams. Uh, I think down the line, maybe uh, 
Friday or later on in the week, I'll do some uh, some season predictions for the Panthers and probably season predictions as a whole. But uh, right now, the focus obviously is on the Rams. Uh, very excited to chat with Brad and get to learn a little bit more about the Rams. Hopefully, you guys learn a little bit more about the Rams as well. Because like I said, Crossover Wednesday, it's back here. Uh, really excited to have it back. You know, Crossover really was my favorite part of the season. You know, it's always fun to get to talk with the other hosts and get some more insight into some of these other teams. So really looking forward to that. So that's that's something to look forward to. Uh, but when we come back, we'll talk about the post-cut press conference by Marty Herney, take a look at some of the things he talked about with the cuts and the players, the players that he kept. So we'll get into that in a minute. But before we do that, I want to remind you guys that uh, today's show is also brought to you by DraftKings. Guys, it's time to celebrate because football is finally back. We are all excited for it. And DraftKings, which is the number one, which is the leader in one-day fantasy football, has huge week one contests. And the first one starts this Thursday night when the Bears take on the Packers in a single-game showdown with $2.5 million in total prizes up for grabs. Just draft your single-game showdown lineup and feel the sweat like never before. It's real simple. Just draft six players from the season opener, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Plus, new users who sign up today on DraftKings using the code Locked On receive a free shot. Let me repeat that. A free shot at $1 million. That's the top prize for this showdown. So nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game quite like having a shot at a million-dollar payday. So get in on the season opener action now by downloading the DraftKings app and use the promo code Locked On. And for a limited time, both new and existing users can get a deposit bonus of up to $500. And new users, don't miss this extra special week one bonus. Enter my code Locked On to get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit. That's code Locked On only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum of $5 deposit is required. Deposit bonus requires a 25x playthrough. And eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Marty Herney made his cuts, and we will get into them right now. So had this Q&A session. I'm just looking off the transcripts here from uh, Panthers.com, so we'll just kind of run through here. So first, they they talked about the tough cuts. He said, I mean, they're all hard. Tory in particular, he's just such a class act. He brought to our room what we thought when we got him a year ago, but he, we had a chance to get a couple guys that could help us at special teams as well as receiver. When you get down to those fifth and sixth receiver spots, you want to try to get guys who can be four, four core special teamers 
or returner, somebody that can help you in those areas because they're not going to get on the field as a receiver much. That was the biggest reason we did it. So to me, that sounds like um, as much as they really like Torrey Smith, obviously he really didn't contribute a lot to the special teamers. And the fact of the matter is, too, you're not paying $5 million to a fifth receiver. That's just not going to happen. That's not feasible. It doesn't really make sense either. So that to me, and again, as we're sitting here going through the cuts when they, they made the cuts, and then even on Sunday when it said they claimed, and I think I talked about this on Monday, when they claimed McLeod and Zilstra, my first thought was, Torrey Smith is probably going to be one of the guys cut because they're not going to keep seven receivers. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. And at least with McLeod and Zilstra, you can get special teams value. Both of these guys can return the ball for you. Uh, they can help off or they can help out in uh, kick coverage, punt coverage. So at least they give you a little, they give you good value for what you're looking for in a fifth or a sixth receiver versus what Torrey Smith is going to give you, where Torrey Smith is really just kind of a deep threat, a $5 million deep threat, and you really don't need that as a fifth receiver, especially when you have DJ Moore that can stretch the field, when you have Curtis Samuel that can stretch the field, and on cheap contracts too, because, oh, by the way, they're still on their rookie contracts. So, you know, it, it's all about it's all about the financials too, as well as the the on-field progress. So uh, in, in that sense, it, it made sense for Torrey Smith. Obviously, again, it's, it's a class act. You know, as I said, Torrey Smith was obviously really great both on and off the field. But, um, you know, the fact of the matter is it just got to the point where it really didn't make much sense anymore for Torrey Smith to stay here. Uh, on the kicking situation, he said, quote, for one – Joey Sly came in and has been great. Going into the final preseason game, there were 14 teams that had missed a field goal, and we were one of them. With Graham's situation, it was a case where he had soreness in the plant leg from early on. He thought he was going to be able to get over the hump, but every time he went to kick, there was still soreness there. Even when he did kick, it was sore the day after. It just got to the point where we had to put him on injured reserve, and the thing is just to get him healthy and figure out what's best for that leg, and then we'll... We'll continue on quick because they also set, asked about not putting Gano on the initial 53, which led to him now being out for the season. Hernie said, it just came down to numbers and you don't want to risk guys. Not only do you have to put him on the final roster, but you have to get through 4 o'clock Sunday. So we just made the decision. And Joey has been kicking well. We thought this was best not to push Graham and figure out what is best for him to get the leg, be get the leg better. So... Obviously, there was there were still some lingering issues with Graham Gano. That kind of explains why he didn't kick at all in games. Obviously, he got his work during practice, but we never actually saw him in any preseason games. It was all Joey Sly. So it kind of starts to make sense why the Panthers just decided to immediately put him on injured reserve and, instead of waiting until after the initial 53 was set. Because then at least in that case, they could have put him as one of the designated return players, and he could have came back later in the season. But in this case now, of course, he cannot come back because he was not on injured reserve. Or I should say he was not on the initial 53-man roster and then put on injured reserve. But 
It's still at least better than if they were to just cut him outright, which we didn't think was going to happen anyway because the Panthers would have actually lost cap space had they done that. It would have actually cost uh, $5 million to cut him versus $3 million if they would have kept him. Um, at least the, the, the hit won't be as bad if they decide to move on next year. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens next year. But for now, Graham Gano done for the 2019 season. Uh, then they talked about offensive tackle depth. And Herney says, I think we have guys who can swing and play a lot of positions. With Daryl and Taylor and Greg and then Dennis Daly can play there and Brandon Green. We feel good about the tackle position. You look at teams across the league, and I think there are a lot of people looking for interior offensive linemen. I think we're okay if we stay healthy, but any team, if you get some injuries in there, you are always going to be looking. And there, It's definitely a more favorable position where the Panthers are today versus where they were last year in terms of the offensive line. Number one, of course, they don't have Matt Khalil at left tackle, so that's obviously a, a huge relief. By the way, Matt Khalil, of course, has been cut by the Texans in the aftermath of the Laramie Tunsil, Kenny Stills trade. So, so much for that. Just a week ago, they're hyping up Matt Khalil as the starting left tackle, and now he's he's done. He's gone. Uh, so, Obviously good that he's he's gone, but it, you also have a lot of depth to it, as we just talked about. You know, Darrell Williams has been faring pretty well at, uh, at left tackle, and obviously Taylor Moten is still my guy at right tackle. Greg Williams has gotten better as the preseason went along, and then you saw Dennis Daly improving a little bit too, and we know he's been moving around a lot on that offensive line. And Brandon Green, they're obviously high on him. He was a guy that I didn't think was going to make the 53, but the Panthers really like him, and that's why... He ended up sticking as the ninth offensive lineman rather than uh, Taylor Hearn. And may maybe that's why, just to give him that fourth, or rather fifth, I should say, offensive tackle, just to give him that uh, little bit of depth. And again, Daly can kick inside to guard if need be. And then you've also got uh, Tyler Larson there as well. So you got a little bit of depth there. So it's uh, it's, it's a pretty good position, I think, where, where the Panthers are in on the offensive line. Then they talked about Jordan Kunizic and what he, and on keeping him. And Herney said, gosh, there are so many things about Jordan. He had a terrific preseason and training camp. He made plays. He's a guy who studies all the time. He's just going to get better and better. We, we just like we had a young linebacker who really has the skill set, has our DNA, has the approach down, and we just didn't want to risk putting him out there. I think he would have been a guy teams would have found attractive. He's just going to get better and better. And he gives us good depth. He's going to get better at special teams. That was one of those decisions we went back and forth with. And I think at the end of the day, we made the right one. And let, let's face it, Kunizic did indeed have a fantastic preseason. And I think there's no doubt that if the Panthers would have waived him, if he would have been one of the final cuts, he would have been claimed by another team just with how, just because of how impressive he was and how much good film he put out during the preseason. So I really don't think the Panthers were going to be able to get him back and uh, stash him on their practice squad. So I think that's one reason why the Panthers ended up keeping him on the 53, but it, just again, his play too. I mean, he, he showed he can contribute as a backup linebacker. He showed he can contribute on special teams. So he's going to provide, or he should at least provide some value uh, for this Panthers team, you know, I'll be interested to see now whether he'll actually be active for game days. You know, we, we kind of 
tried touching on it yesterday, who the seven inactives might be for the Panthers in week one. Because, again, there's a lot of good players. Which seven do you sit uh, against the Rams? And that's one reason why I wish they would do away with that rule, too. I, I just wish they would stick with uh, just stick with the 53. You have the 53-man roster. Just let them be able to carry 53. Why do you have to just say, okay, you seven are not going to dress this week. You guys are, are going to be inactive. Like we're already dealing with depth issues the way it is and, you know, injuries and stuff like that. So why not just let these teams keep those seven extra players? Why do we have to have a 53-man roster and then a 46-man active game day roster? Just just make it 53 and just make it simple for every team. Uh, on running backs, Jordan Scarlett and Reggie, Reggie Bonifan, he said they both have different skill sets. They're both going to be used in different ways. It would be unfair to say one is two, one is three. Obviously, Reggie's receiving skills are very good, but he's gotten much gotten much better as a runner. He cut off 10 or 12 pounds in the offseason, and he is a guy that you point to. Came in as a rookie free agent, worked hard, changes his body, and has really become a factor for us at that position. Jordan is more of an inside type of runner, but he can bounce it outside. He breaks a lot of tackles. You find a way to use both of them. And we figured these two guys, the way they played in the preseason, they definitely earned their spots. Again, we, we talked about Scarlett and how well he was in the passing game. And then Bonifen, you know, some of the stuff he does. So um, good to see them both on and good to see both of them get a shot. We'll see how much they're actually going to be used when we get to the regular season and you know how much they're able to take Christian McCaffrey off the field. On what he saw in the three waiver pickups the Panthers made Sunday, and actually there's a lot here, so we'll just kind of break it down a little bit. But he basically said uh, Natrell Jamerson, a guy they liked for a while through the summer, uh, corner with... Size and good speed, good burst and explosion. Uh, talked about his position flexibility. Play, can play special teams. Um, so there's, so there's more position versatility uh, for the Panthers in the uh, in the back end of the of the defense. Uh, Brandon Zilstra, special teamer. He talked about the the four phase special teams guy. Uh, real good size, six two two twenty. Uh, Herney says he catches the ball well, possession-type receiver. So, again, another uh, versatile guy. And then Ray-Ray McLeod, he said he went back to watching him at Clemson. Pretty impressive returnability. Thinks he'll get uh, better and better. Can play receiver, uh, can play the slot, and says he's going to get a chance right off the bat to be our returner. So, uh, obviously, the Panthers have had their eyes on these guys for some time, and it'll be really in intriguing. Uh, again, Jamerson, nice guy, good, uh, nice versatile backup, something the Panthers really want in their backup defensive uh, backup defensive backs. That's one reason you uh, one reason you like having guys like Rashawn Golden and Ross Cockrell on there, and now you get a guy like Jamerson, who, you know, originally drafted by the Saints and cut by the Packers, but I think he can develop well here with the Panthers with the coaching of Ron Rivera. So it'll be intriguing uh, how these three guys all fit in and how they end up being used and if McLeod 
or Zilstra will be the week one uh, kick returner. Uh, still in McLeod, he said uh, they were at, they asked him how he compared to other options on the roster. He said, as far as a punt returner, he's got some explosive ability. You don't want too much because I haven't even seen him in practice yet. I've seen him in games, but he certainly has the ability to change the field. We were very pleased to get him. And then they asked who will get the first shot at kick returner. He said, we'll see. I can't answer that question right now. We'll see how it goes. I mean, obviously, it's, they just, just kind of jumping into it. You know, not a lot of time to evaluate the roster. So in that sense, he doesn't really know. And I guess he doesn't want to give too much out. But you have to think McLeod is going to at least get a shot, if not be the first one out there. I mean, the Panthers went out and claimed him off waivers for a reason. So we'll see how much he's actually utilized. Uh, then he asked about Cam Newton's status. And he said simply, as far as I know, he's recovering and he's going to be good to go. And he was out there at practice on Monday. So there just continues to be no doubt in my mind um, that Cam Newton is going to be out there week one uh, against the Rams. And then he, he was talking about who put Bonifun on the Panthers' radar, and he credited Jeff Morrow, their executive player of player personnel, uh, to get his eyes on Bonifun. Uh, then they talked a little more about the quarterback, specifically the backups. First, they asked him uh, on keeping three quarterbacks on the active roster through the season, because that is what uh, Herney came out and said is, he said that's been the plan all along, which was to keep three active quarterbacks all year long. He said, listen, we want to develop young quarterbacks. I think we feel good about Kyle. We feel good about Will. And I think that's not anything we've even debated. We've had that mindset all along. And you kind of figured that was was going to happen to you. kind of just had that feeling that three quarterbacks were going to be on this roster because they obviously weren't going to cut Will Greer. Um, you know, they – they spent a third-round pick on him. They're very high. Um, they're at least not a team like the Jets that uh, you have all this front office changes, and then uh, the team then all of a sudden doesn't even want their third-round pick, and they get rid of him, which, of course, is what happened to Ja'Kai Polite. But the Panthers aren't going to dump their third-round pick that quickly, so that Will Greer was going to stay, and Kyle Allen was going to scoop, get scooped up. There was no way Kyle Allen was going to make it back to them. So he he was going to stay. So as as we said, Heineke wound up being the odd man out, and his response to being asked about releasing Taylor Heineke, Herney said, "The decision really was who do you keep it to? I think you want to give Will some time. I think Will's going to be very very good, but the jump your rookie year takes time. People don't understand, especially coming from college offenses to the pros." He shows a lot to us that we think he's going to be a very good quarterback, but I think we made the decision to keep Kyle Allen as our second. And as, as the preseason wore on, you obviously got that feeling that uh, Kyle was going to become the number two. I mean, he started a couple preseason games, was always the the next one in or, or whatever after, or for the most part, he was always the next one in after Cam Newton being in practice or in the, the one preseason game. So you had that sense that, that that was going to be the order and just kind of pushed Heineke out the door. And then last, uh, on Javian Elliott emerging at Nickelback, Herney said he played that for Tampa last year, and I think that when they released him, I'm assuming they were just looking for a bigger nickel. He's got the quickness, he's got the instincts, 
There's a knack, whether it's slot receiver, whether it's nickel corner, there's a knack to playing inside, and he's got that. Since he came in here, uh, he's shown that ability. He's shown that physical skill set, the quickness, and he's had that feel inside. There was a competition there, and he won it. Or, and he won it. And certainly it was a, a competition. You know, it was, it was really up for grabs after after they moved on from Captain Mungerland, who, by the way, has also now been cut by the Bills. But uh, JV and Elliott, um, you know, obviously on, a little bit on the smaller side, but good size for a nickelback, obviously, 5'11", about 175. But uh, just the way he played throughout the preseason, you know, really just kind of took charge of that nickelback position as preseason wore on. Obviously, initially... Cornelder was getting shot, and then Cole Luke was getting a shot. So Elliott really didn't even seem to be much in the picture early on, but that's why you have training camp. And all of a sudden, Rashawn Galden comes in after Trey Boston was signed to play strong or play uh, free. So Galden gets a shot at, at nickel. Ross Cockrell was getting out there, but then all of a sudden, here's uh, Javian Elliott coming out, uh, seemingly out of nowhere, and just resting away the the starting nickel job and never really giving it back. Corn Elder, of course, kind of gave him a little bit of a run for his money, but Elliott wound up hanging on, and that's why he's now the starting nickel, and Corn Elder is now on the Giants practice squad. So, uh, you know, another nice back end of the roster find by Marty Herney and the Panthers with JV and Elliott, and that's that's the, uh, the gist of what Marty Herney talked about as far as the... 2019 final roster decision. So again, a lot, lot to feel good about with this preseason or coming out of the preseason and heading into the regular season with the Carolina Panthers and this roster. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in LA and made Charles Barkley, the first black president enter Wondery's newest sports show, alternate routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors, Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Uh Real quick, of course, a couple shout out, a couple more shout outs here from our buddies here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Our friends, of course, over at Mac Weldon. Again, great sponsor jumping on this week again. Um, this week and the opening week of the NFL here at the Locked On Network. Brought to you by Mac Weldon, a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. Mack Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. Promo code LOCKEDON gets you 20% off at MacWeldon.com. And also a shout-out to another good friend of ours, of course, our buddies over at MyBookie. You know them, you love them. They've been with us a while. 
Uh, it's a brand new season. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders, and Le'Veon Bell is with the Jets, and Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. But the one thing that has not changed is where I am putting my money down on all the games. My bookie is the bla- the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book. Period. And this year, they are hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least one hundred thousand dollars. And it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. So I would only recommend a service to you listeners out there that's been good to me in the podcast here. And that, of course, is my bookie. That's why it's always the right play, because when you bet, you win and they pay. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. The most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. So, go to MyBookie online right now and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get up to $1,000 on your first deposit bonus. That means you can double your first deposit up to $1,000. So go to MyBookie online, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On when creating your account to claim your bonus. Bet, win, get paid. And I think that's something we might do, we might bring back too, because I had fun doing that last year. Bring back the MyBookie Fridays, look at MyBookie's line, and pick the games against the spread. And maybe we can win a little bit of money together. What do you say? So, uh, so kind of wrapping things up here. Like I said, looking at the 53-man roster, uh, good depth at a lot of positions, a lot of talent up up and down the board. You know, it, it may not seem like the Panthers, uh, at, at least from a, a micro perspective in the NFL, may not seem like the Panthers have a strong roster, but there is definitely some talent here. And I think, I still feel like this is a team that will surprise some people a little bit this uh this regular season, at least in some games. I know the average seems to be eight and eight, nine and seven, maybe ten and six, but eight and eight, nine and seven kind of seems to be the uh the sticking points for a lot of uh a lot of these analysts and predictors. Um I will go through one one last time before the season starts, give my picks for the uh the regular season. I'll do them here and I plan to do it here or over at Panthers wire as well. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So be on the lookout for that. And of course be on the lookout tomorrow for the return of crossover Wednesday here on the locked on network, myself and Brad Motter of locked on Rams getting together to talk about this big week one battle. So hope you guys tune in for that. But until next time, Really appreciate you guys listening. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore study, R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. And follow the podcast wherever you listen on your favorite streaming platform. Wherever you listen, we are there. And again, as always, I always appreciate the support. Really do enjoy chatting with you guys. And again, a big thank you to our sponsors this week, Mac Weldon, DraftKings, and my bookie. I am out of here. We'll see you tomorrow for the crossover. Until next time, take care, my friends. Later, folks. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.